the flesh, no longer by human desires, but by the will of God. You have already spent enough time in doing what the Gentiles like to do, living with no restraints, in passions, drunkenness, wild parties, drinking sprees, and lawless idolatry. They are surprised that you no longer join them in the same flood of wild behavior, and so they speak badly of you. But they will have to give an account to him who stands ready to judge the living and the dead. For this is the reason the gospel was proclaimed even to the dead, so that through, though they had been judged in the flesh, as everyone is judged, they might live in the spirit as God does. Lord God, we thank you for Debbie. Thank you for the way you have spoken to her and the way you're using her, Lord. And I, I pray that as she speaks, Lord, your word may gain entrance to our hearts. Heavenly Father, anoint her words as she speaks, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, before you move, Herbie and Caroline, I'd like everyone to just stay at their tables for a minute. In a minute, I'm going to invite the younger members of the congregation, if they would like to, to come down here. And Caroline has got some special things that you might want to do, but not yet. What I need you to do now is stay at your tables. And I don't know how many of you were able to hear and were listening carefully to that reading that Walter just read. But I would like you to have it in front of you. And in your bowls, you will find some highlighter pens. So see if you can find three different colored highlighters and keep the passage in front of you. And... In that passage that we just heard read, I don't know what you thought of it. I wonder if you thought, wow, this is an ambitious passage to tackle in a family service. Who thought that? Yeah, some of us. And, uh, but we're continuing our walk through the letter of 1 Peter. And this is the passage that we've come to today. And what I want us to do together to help all of us, because I'm talking to all of us in the room today, not just the big people, not just the grown-up people, not just the people who like listening. I am talking to every single one of us. So grab your three highlighter pens and on your page, could you highlight the three things I'm going to mention in these next few minutes? First of all, I want us to think about the words, arm yourselves, arm yourselves. In other words, put on armor. If you can see that in the passage, could you highlight it in one color? Because that is going to be my point one. And then the next thing I'm going to talk about, this is a word that comes up four times in the passage. Could you have a little look and see if anyone can work out which word, I mean the might come up or something four times, but which word comes up four times? Justine thinks she knows. Flesh. Exactly. Flesh is going to be my point number two. So in a different color, would you please highlight the four times that flesh, the word flesh comes up in the passage. And finally, Point three, because every good talk has three points. It's the opposite to the flesh. What is the word I'm going to highlight at the end? Yes, Leslie, top of the class. Spirit. 
See if you can choose a third highlighter colour. So you might need to kind of swap your highlighters around so that you've got those three points. And you can follow through and see where you think I'm at as I chat to you today and demonstrate what I believe that God is saying to all of us here this afternoon. Arm yourselves, put your armour on, flesh and spirit. So first of all, and now at this point, if you would like to, younger ones, you, are, um, you can come down here the front and Caroline's got a few bits and pieces on the carpets to help you listen and do things as you listen. You're welcome to come and join her if you would like to. But first of all, I want us to think about these words, arm yourselves, because Peter is saying that if we are followers of Jesus, which I'm sure we all are here today, if we're followers of Jesus, we're going to need to put our armor on if we are ever going to win any battles against sin in our lives or against the devil, against the enemy who tries to use sin against us. And before I talk about the kind of armour that Peter, in this passage, is thinking of to help us in our walk with Jesus, I want to remind us of a story that I think a lot of us will be very familiar with. It's a very famous battle in the Bible, and I'm going to invite two people to come and demonstrate this story for us. So let's move this over here. So we've got a little bit of a stage. So I'd like you to give a big round of applause, please, for Joe. And, and my second helper this afternoon is Herbie. Round of applause for Herbie. Come on. You have to come up here. You have to come up here. That's it. Joe and Herbie. You have to stand here. Yeah, there we go. Now, looking at this story, Charmaine's involved as well, that's fine. Looking at this story here, what is the story I'm going to talk to us about? Would you like to demonstrate? You know the story of David and Goliath? Oh, who do you think is who? Which one is David and which one is Goliath? What do you think? This one? Goliath, yes. Big, strong, terrifying, ugly. I can say that because he's my husband. And, um, and this one, who's this one? David. Exactly, David. And what happens in the story, Herbie? Or anyone? Thank you, Isaac. Nice. Okay, so Herbie, you need to pretend. Come and stand over here. Pretend you've got a slingshot. Go like this. A catapult. Is that a better word? Catapult. You've got to face the giant. Okay. And you're going to throw... Look, Sean Main's doing such a good job. And you're going to fling your stone now. Ooh. Come on, all the way down. Like proper, like... We know the story. The young man, David, killed the huge, great, massive, experienced, long-term soldier, fighter, Goliath, 
with one stone because God was with him. But at the beginning of the story, there's another bit of the story that I want us to think about for a moment. And it involves armor. Does anyone remember? Who wants to put their hands up? Younger people maybe might remember. What did, what bit of the story has, yeah, Tom. Brilliant. Excellent. Rira, is that what you were going to say? Yes. King Saul put some armor on David at the beginning. It was his own armor. This, I know this might look like a shield, everyone, but for the purposes of the talk today, it is in fact a breastplate piece of armor. I did this the wrong way around. Hang on. There we go. Here's your... Oh. Mm, it doesn't fit very well, does it? Let's see about this one. Mm, sort of force is a bit... What do you think of this? Oh, it's not fitting very... It's no good, is it? What was the problem with Saul's armour on David? Oh, Connie. It was too big and it was too heavy because it was just made for somebody a whole lot bigger, right? So it didn't fit. And so David said, I don't want this armor. I am going to go out. Now, how is it then, if he wasn't wearing the armor, how is it that David managed to defeat Goliath? <laughs> what, 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 what was it that helped him? If he didn't, yeah? Exactly. He had God with him and he had God's armor on when he fought that battle. God's armor is a bit different from Saul's armor. It's invisible. You can't necessarily see it with your eyes, but it protects you. So give David and Goliath a, lot, a round of applause. I'm going to need them in a moment. Because if David was going to wear Saul's armor, and if Saul's armor was going to do any good to him, what would need to happen to David to, if that armor was going to do him any good, what would need to happen to David? Thank you. He would have to get a bit bigger. He'd have to put a bit more flesh on his body, yeah? And a bit more muscle on his arms so that he could fill Saul's armor. But he didn't need to do that because he had a different kind of armor that was protecting him. So how do you think that David's spiritual armour, his God's armour, how did that fit him? What do you think? How did that fit him? Too big? Too small? I think it was just right, Donna. I think you're absolutely right. I think it must have fit him just right. So let's come back to the passage for a moment and think about what Peter is saying. He says he thinks we need to put some armor on, arm ourselves. And the armor that Peter is talking about here is that spiritual armor too. But this time, opposite to the story of David and Goliath, I think he's warning us, followers of Jesus here today, he's warning us that we might not fit our spiritual armor very well if we let our flesh get a bit too big 
and bulky. What do you think? You know what I'm saying? Let's have a little demonstration. Goliath, here's a man with some big, bulky flesh. (laughs) And uh, let's see what happens if we try and put some nice, this time, this is our spiritual armor, some nice spiritual armor on. Would you like to try and put this breastplate on, please, in the approved fashion? Oh, it's not, it's looking a bit tight, isn't it there? All about this helmet, you've got a very large head, but I'm sure it will, I'm sure it will fit, will it? Mm, it's not, it's not looking like a great fit, is it? It's not looking like a great fit. If, if Goliath, if Joe was going to fit this armor nicely, he's going to need to get a bit smaller and reduce his flesh. Okay, you can give him a little round of applause now. We'll take his armor off. Because it was getting a bit tight there. So this is my second point. First point, Peter says, we need to put some armor on. It's not earthly armor, it's spiritual armor. It's invisible, you can't see it. But nevertheless, your flesh is going to need to be the right size if it's going to fit you properly. And this word flesh, it comes up four times in our passage. And I think he's trying to say, just like Saul's earthly armor was too big for David, so it couldn't protect him, maybe we can get too big for our spiritual armor that Jesus wants to give us to help us in our lives day by day, and that that will hinder us from being protected as we should be from sin and from Satan and from the battles this world throws at us. So Peter is telling us, you know what? There are two ways we can live this life. One way is following all the time, following the lead of the flesh. And the other time is following the lead of the spirit. One way of living takes its lead from our bodies and our physical lives. The other way is taking a lead from the Spirit of Jesus. And you know what? If we let our flesh lead us all the time, very, very quickly we're going to find it grows and gets bigger and we won't fit our spiritual armor anymore. We'll be open to and exposed to every attack that the devil wants to throw at us. So I wonder, what does it look like to let the flesh lead our lives? Peter writes about this in this passage. It kind of means that we just say yes to everything our flesh wants and to everything our flesh cries out for. So I've asked Walter, my glamorous assistant, to come round because we are now going to enact around the tables the kind of things that the flesh shouts out. So on your table, you will receive a little line, like a line in a play, in a script. And uh, all together as a table, you need to shout these words out when I tell you, when I point at you. And you are going to be the cries of the flesh emerging from around the room. I'll wait till everybody's got at least one. I think one table might get two cries of the flesh Half and half. Okay. So when I point at your table, I want as many of you as possible to shout out 
the cry of the flesh that you have. So half this table, first half of this table. No, that's not good enough. It does not speak. The flesh does not speak like that. How does it speak? That's it. And you could keep going. Brilliant. Okay. What about the other half of the table? <laughs> There's only one of them. Give me drinks. Here, come on. This bit more, a bit more. Get into character, guys. Right, okay, this table over here. Give me first place. Yes, okay, what about that table over there? Sleep. Who has, who's ever heard that one? Give me sleep. What about that one at the back? <laughs> okay, right, hang on, hang on. One, two, three. Fun. It cries out for fun. Okay, what about the back there? <laughs> Come on then, Liz. Come on. Let's try again. After three, one, two, three. Give me a fight. Yeah, sometimes we're spoiling for a fight, right? Okay, on this table here, what's this one? One, two, three. Attention. Look at me. Yeah, okay. Over there at the back, one, two, three. Pleasure. Yeah, we want to have a good time. And over here, one, two, three. Oh, that was good. That was good. There was some real acting in there. That was very good. Give me sympathy. Does anyone recognize these cries of the flesh? Ever hear them in your own life? I think we hear them. Now, some of those things are not always bad things, right? Our bodies need food. Our bodies need drink. Our bodies, our, our lives, we need a bit of fun. We need a bit of sympathy from time to time. We need some comfort. It's not that those things are bad things. But what happens if we always say yes to every cry of the flesh? Whenever the flesh calls out for something, we just say yes, yes, yes. We know what will happen. We see it physically when that first cry says, give me food, give me food. We all know the truth. If we listen to that every time and feed it every time, our flesh starts to grow. It's a picture of what happens in our physical bodies, but it happens to our spiritual lives as well. They get fleshy and flabby. And they will grow if we just say yes all the time. And we will end up getting so out of shape that we don't fit our spiritual armor anymore. And that's why Peter says, let's live a life not led by the flesh, but led by the... And that's our third point where I want to land us this afternoon. Because Peter says there's a different way to live than just saying yes to all that stuff all the time. A life led by the Spirit looks completely different. It looks like us having a mindset or an intention in our minds, a purpose to say no to the flesh. In Peter's words, to be willing to make our flesh suffer a bit. Now, nobody here, I'm sure, likes being told no very much, right? Kids don't like being told no, but let me be honest, adults do not like being told no just as much, perhaps even worse sometimes. And the flesh doesn't like to be told no either, and it will complain. 
And just like um, a clever child, if you've got one of those in your household, it will also justify and wheedle and tell you why you ought to be saying yes when really you are saying no. And it will give you all sorts of good reasons why you should go with what it's demanding. But we all know, don't we, that if we want our children to grow up healthy and responsible adults, then sometimes we've got to say no to the things that they're asking. And that can be upsetting at times, can't it, kids? Um, Kids, anyone here want to tell me a time when they've been told no by an adult about something? It might be too painful to relive it. Isaac, ever been told no by your parents, by your mum? Right. Right. Okay, so she didn't want you to go, but you went anyway, and then you got in trouble, I'm guessing, for that. Yeah, so sometimes we want to go somewhere, and our parents say no, because they think it's better for us not to. And the flesh feels the same way that you did, Isaac. The flesh cries out and says, I want you to say yes. And it can be really, really hard. But Jesus says to us, Don't just live for the flesh and say yes all the time. Say no. Learn how to say no at times because that is going to help you to be healthy. And we need to get a bit tough, a bit like a soldier. We need to be willing to feel the flesh suffer a bit but know that it's going to do us good. So we're going to practice around the tables and do this right now. Are you ready? So, your nominated soldier or a nominated person, let's say, nominated person from your table, you are going to stand up and in a little prophetic act this afternoon, you're going to hold up your flesh sign and say, no, and rip it in half. Okay. Are we ready? So, we're going to start with this table over here. We're going to start... Actually, you can all do it at the same time. That's it. Yeah, good. Stand up. So one, one person, stand up with your flesh sign. Okay, and after three, we're going to count in, and we're all going to shout no very loudly, and you're going to rip it right down the middle. Okay, so let's just remind ourselves. Food, drinks, fun, attention, first place, um, pleasure. What was that one? For, 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 giving a, a fight, sympathy, all those things. Are we ready? One, two, three. Yes! Amazing. Does that feel good to say no? <laughs> so I want to finish by saying this. When we follow Jesus and we live a life that is led by the Spirit, we might choose to do some things that seem a bit crazy to everybody else around us in the world, to the people who are living their lives driven by the flesh most of the time, we might look a bit crazy. We might do crazy things like we might choose to fast. We might choose to not eat, to say no to food for a short time, to remind our flesh, you're not in charge. You don't tell me what to do. Jesus does. We might choose to say no to going to that party or to watching that movie because we know that really it's just going to feed our flesh. And other people might think, well, that doesn't matter. What What harm does that do? What problem is that? 
Maybe it's not a big problem, but we choose. We say no because we're reminding our flesh, you're not in charge. Jesus is. We might choose sometimes to walk away from an argument or to close up our mouths before all kinds of negative or unclean words come pouring out. Because we want to discipline our flesh and get it in good shape so that we can be clothed in our spiritual armor and so that it fits us. So that the armor of God can be clothing our lives and like David so we can be ready to bring down some big spiritual giants in this world. And I don't know about you but I think that Jesus is looking for a church with some bigger spiritual giants around who are willing to say no to the flesh because there's some big stuff out there that needs tackling and dealing with. There's some big stuff in our lives and in our hearts that needs tackling and dealing with. And if we're a bit flabby as a church, we're not going to make it. And Peter's saying, choose a different way. Discipline that flesh. Bring it into some order for the sake of the battles Jesus has got for you, for the sake of the Goliaths that we want to see tumbling down. And the last thing I want to say, because this is really important, is that, you know, Peter is not saying that the more we make our flesh suffer, the holier or the more spiritual we will be. That is not what he is saying. Just because the person next to you fasted two meals and you only fasted one meal, that doesn't make them a better Christian or a more powerful one. That isn't the point. It is not the disciplining of the flesh that makes you holy. It is that as we learn to say no to the flesh, we get in good spiritual shape so that we can be clothed by Jesus and his beautiful life and we can say yes to the spirit. So if we start that soldier training and we put a little bit of discipline in, when Jesus meets us in the battle and puts his armor on us, we will find it will fit perfectly and that we can be like David, we can face up to some giants, and we can move some mountains and win some victories for Jesus and for his kingdom, not only in our lives, but also in our world. So I want us to pray for a couple of minutes before we close. Maybe just think for a moment, if you're facing any Goliaths in your life, in your family, if there are any Goliaths that feel like they're looming in the world around you, big things that you can't change, big odds that you think you could never measure up to, big impossible situations. And let's just toughen up a little bit. Let's say no to the flesh and yes to the spirit. And let's find his strength empowering us to overcome more than we ever could just by our own efforts. And as we're thinking right now, I'm going, to get us, I'm going to pray for us and then ask us to turn around our tables and just finish by praying for one another. And if there's an area of your flesh that you know is a bit out of control, you might just want to ask someone at your table to just pray for you and ask for help from the Spirit. Ask for help from your family here in Jesus today to pray for one another and commit to pray for you so that you can overcome in that area. 
Or you may just want to pray more generally. But let's take the time. We're going to have a good two or three minutes where we turn around our tables and let all of us engage, talk to the Lord and ask him to help us live a life in the spirit and not in the flesh. Lord Jesus, I pray now that as we turn and take this time, not only will you encourage us, Lord, where we know the flesh has got the upper hand in some areas, encourage us, Lord, that you're going to help us by your spirit. But Lord, also, I pray, embolden us, empower us. Let us know that we can be mighty warriors and soldiers like David, who was only little in the flesh, but he won big battles for you, Lord Jesus. Help us to know we can be like that if we're willing to say no to the flesh, but yes to you, Jesus. So be in our prayer times now. Meet us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.